0: Your tailgating headquarters is at Hy-Vee in Eau Claire. Their top-of-the-line meat department, which includes the Dan Good Burger, will make you the talk of your tailgate party. And the dips for snacking? those are what will make you an MVP on game days. And you never have to worry about Hy-Vee not having what you need, because their shelves and coolers are always stocked up with your favorite goods. Be the MVP of your tailgate party with the help from another MVP. That's High V in Eau Claire, located at 2424 East Claremont Avenue. Hello, friends. You've now entered the Man Cave Podcast. Unplugged and unfiltered. This is a podcast where the topics are mostly about sports, but sometimes we mix in some other items, like, is Bigfoot real? Who is the best Batman? You're guided through each episode by a man who's the man for his time and place, Dan Casper. So welcome to the Man Cave, and stick around for a while. You're going to like it here. Hey what up everybody, welcome to another episode of the Man Cave Podcast. Kind of a a special episode, if you will, of the of the Man Cave Podcast because it sounds a little different. It's because it is because I'm literally walking in the woods right now. So quick backstory. Took half vacation because well, I've got a new update. And it's tough during football season. So because I want to talk about football on the radio show, so yeah, you know, I'm usually in around 4 o'clock in the morning. Getting ready for the show. Doing some other stuff that are not show. Doing other work that's not related to the show. So, did that. And I wanted to get up to, to our land and check some trail cameras. Now that the temperature is a little bit colder. Leaves are definitely a lot more down and brown and yellow over here in this neck of the woods. But wanted to check some trail cameras. Wanted to check some stands and and all that good stuff. So I'm like, you know what? Let's try to do a podcast episode. Might sound stupid, might sound dumb. I have no idea, but it's different. So just walk through the first 10 of so the land, or my land. It's kind of like, kind of forms a T. The first 10 goes straight up, then 40 kind of goes across on the top. So we went through the first 10, but I'm just coming up to the, the first stand that I'm going to check is... call it the the swamp stand uh check the camera on there and i'm gonna have to pause pause this recording for a little bit because i do have to put another ratchet strap if i can by myself on the stand here so but last week when i checked out this stand this was the only stand that actually had a decent buck on the on the camera so kind of curious to check this out although I just remember too, I think this one were is the where the batteries were going out, so we're we're gonna open it up right now and and kinda check it out, see what we got here. I'm gonna check the memory card right now, but uh I do have one trail camera that is the tacticam that uh you know, get sent to your phone and all that sort of stuff and had a couple Had actually looks like three albinos crossed through this morning so and i was gonna move that camera too so we'll see but uh all right let's let's check out this camera yeah it looks like this battery no it's not dead we're good no it is dead shoot all right so we have to come back and put some new batteries in this baby i guess so uh, tell you what, we're going to quickly pause this one. I know it's already in, you know, just going to quick pause this, but we'll pick it right back up. I'm going to put, uh, I'm going to try to put a ratchet strap if I don't fall off on this tree stand by myself. So hold on. I'm going to pause it quick. We'll be right back. All right, we're back and I did, I was able to get that damn ratchet strap up, which probably wasn't the safest thing because it's a buddy stand and, and all that, but I wanted to get that one done. So, because I'm taking be up here a couple days next week doing some bow hunting. I think I want to sit at that stand. I like that spot a lot. So, well, it depends on where the, the other cameras are at. So if you can tell I'm out of breath, it's because that was a little scary going up that tree and balancing and getting it tighter up there. So, all right, we're going to go the uh, The next one is the, I'm going to skip a couple here, but I'm going to check out the ridge ridge stand one that one always gives me the creeps i don't know why i think it's because you know you're kind of down you know on top of the ridge and it stands down a little bit because it borders a tag holder swamp and you don't know what's behind the tag holder swamp yeah i watch too much paranormal shit so but it's also a really cool one because that's the spot where we've or i've found Uh, like boards and trees from really 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 old tree stands i mean we're talking how many years how many years ago so i'm a i'm a history guy as all of you know so but uh yeah this one's gonna be a little bit of a walk so while we're doing that you know we got uh what else do we want to shoot the shit about in this podcast you know the Packers are getting ready to to play the Giants in London, and and this morning, kind of seeing some of the pictures and videos of the players in there, and seeing a lot of the a lot of the media members over there, kind of jealous. And you know, I've I've flown once, I guess twice, if you count there and back, in 2000. I was a eighth grader, going to be a freshman. It was a summer of 2000, Uh, Milwaukee to Newark, New Jersey, but uh, kind of over in New York there too. So that's the only time I've flown and well, we all know what happened a year after that, you know, 9-11, 2001. So, you know, I've always kind of been really nervous about flying since then. and, And I think that nervousness has Developed into more of an anxiety, you know. And I'm, I'm, I'm definitely. If you don't know by now, I'm a big time like hypochondriac too. Oh, there's a squirrel scared the shit out of me. But uh, you know, I always think like the worst. Do it and stuff like that. So I'm just, you know, I'm a little nervous. But I feel like it's just like one of those two that if I just do it, you know, hop on a plane and do it then I'll be okay then maybe that anxiety will go away a little bit but the other part too is like no matter the situation no matter what you know it doesn't matter if it's like airplane or or driving somewhere I kind of have to know what to do like I don't like going into a situation where I don't know what to do and that's when my anxiety really starts to kick in so I definitely would have to go with somebody who knew what they were doing you know check-ins and and all that sort of stuff too so but you know looking at this game all right enough of the personal stuff there but looking at this game Packers Giants I just don't see how the Packers can lose this game I just, I don't see, unless they shoot themselves in the foot, or unless they really can't stop Saquon Barkley, you know, it's like, I I know I'm kind of repeating some stuff that I said on the radio show, but it's like, this is a game to me where you put eight, nine guys in the box and you trust your corners. I mean, it looks like Jair is going to play. But even if Jair wasn't out there with Douglas and Stokes, with that banged up and thin wide receiving uh, group from the Giants, you trust your corners, you trust your secondary that they could take care of business on the back end, that they can they can match up with those wide receivers. You know, no offense to them, but there really isn't anybody in the Giants wide receiving. Uh, on the wide receivers depth chart right now that that would scare me especially with the secondary like Green Bay has so I would trust my corners put them on an island and you load up that box with eight nine guys stop Saquon Barkley stop the run you know we went through it through week four the teams with the most big plays explosive plays right rushes of 10 yards or more passes of 20 yards or more. Green base tied for second with 35 total and they got a nice balance. It's like 18 rushes, I believe, off the top of my head and 17 passes. But then you look at the Giants, they got 28. That's that's not a bad number overall, right? But the thing is, that's out of that 28, 24 of the 28 are are runs. So and they've got the fewest explosive plays or big plays coming from the pass. So again, load up those guys. Load up that box and just stop Saquon Barkley. Like that's the only player on that on that offense. And honestly, no offense to everybody else, but that's like the only player that kind of scares me to begin with or worries me. A little bit there you know what i mean so i don't know it's just it seems too easy but it's all based off execution whether they can do it or not right so all right we're gonna take uh i gotta pause this again because i'm at the ridge stand camera i'm gonna see if there's anything on here i'll let you know all right moving on nothing really on that uh on that trail camera there but this one's gonna be a little bit of a shorter walk because this is where the the Tacticam one is so. This is kind of on the field a little bit, field edge. Got a little bit of a food plot there, but it's also got a creek there too, where there's a lot of uh, crossings and that sort of stuff. But you know, back to back to the game. Um, and then, like def- uh, offensively for for the Packers, you you look at the numbers and. It just—it seems like another game plan of Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon set up the run to set up the pass. Now I feel like there is going to be opportunities for for some explosive plays down the field, like deep shots. But they got to set up that pet play action, and I want to see Christian Watson get a little bit more involved in the passing game. I want to see Robert Tunyon involved. In the passing game a little bit more. I think now as we enter that second quarter of this uh of the season, that's definitely one of the things that I really want to see with this offense start to develop is seeing more consistency with the with the passing offense. And then um you know just seeing like Christian Watson and and uh, Robert Tunyon and and those guys being consistent in the passing game, too. And, you know, I don't know what the plan is for Randall Cobb. Maybe they found a sweet spot with him. He's been very effective on third downs. I know his buddy Aaron wants him to uh, to get more snaps than that, but they might have found his sweet spot right now. So, okay. I'm going to check this camera. This one's going to take a little bit, but I'm definitely going to turn it on in the next one because remember when I said I get creeped out with that other stand and there's a part in here where I get creeped out too because it's like you're going in a tunnel it's so bushy and like tag alders like you're enclosed. it's like something's hiding in there so we'll uh I'm gonna pause it here quick and then yeah definitely turn on because it makes me feel better talking to all of you all right so we're back Just checked the Tacticam that records videos and pictures and a nice little backup I was playing with the camera it looks like one night. That's cool. But yeah, video on the uh, C-O-R too. Looks so, upload. That's why I call our land White Deer Ranch. First of all, I've always wanted to like, have a ranch. Yellowstone and all, yeah, I'm a big Yellowstone fan. But every year, and even before we bought this property, years ago, when I first came to look at it, it was an albino deer. So every year, we have seen albino deer either on our trail cameras or around our property and fields and that, so so, something about this, that's, that's where the name White Deer Ranch came from. So if it sounds really windy right now, it's because I'm walking through the field to get to the back end of our property where the tripod stand is on the other end of the, of the field here. And, uh, I'm either going to put the Tacticam up back here, or I'm going to put it on the stand that I might go, might go sit at next weekend for those couple days and such. So, um, what were we talking about? We were talking little Packers and, and Giants. So, Yeah. I mean, I feel like this is a game that the Packers should comfortably win. You know, that Thursday night game, Matt Ryan and and Russell Wilson, Broncos and Colts and everybody talking about just how crappy of a game that was. And, you know, a lot of talk now on Russell Wilson and what the hell's going on with with the offense and, and Nathaniel Hackett and, you know... If there is I don't know I mean obviously there's some sort of discord between like Russell and his former teammates like Richard Sherman and and maybe even Pete Carroll and that but you know I don't know the inside stuff or the backstory or anything like that but I have to imagine that two of the happiest people right now and happy might be a little bit of a strong word but you know, kind of feeling good about their decision. Has to be Pete Carroll and John Schneider, the general manager of the of the Seattle Seahawks. Because, you know, at that time, everybody's like, you don't trade a franchise quarterback like that. You know, it's like, oh, it's Seattle's going to go in the tank and, and all that fun stuff. And we'll say one thing with all the leaves down, too, it does kind of screw up you know, we've got four-wheeler trails, but, you know, going to the stands, it's kind of side trails. It does kind of screw up some of your landmarks. But anyways, you know, you don't trade a quarterback like a Russell Wilson, you know, and it's like, who won that trade? Was it Seattle? Was it Denver? And I mean, there's plenty of time left in this season for Denver, you know, to make a run and and to change this and, and, and get to the postseason and such. But right now, Seattle has got to like where they're standing. I mean, you know, they've won a couple games. They're getting some good ball out of Geno Smith. I don't think that's sustainable. Don't think by any means is Geno Smith the long-term fixture at quarterback for Seattle. But, you know, with those draft picks now, you you can kind of build around some of the young guys that you got and use that draft capital. The only thing is, is, like, Pete Carroll, he's... He's the oldest coach in the league, him and Bill Belichick are the two oldest coaches in the league. How quick of a turnaround can you, can you get? And, you know, how can, how soon can those youngsters be big time contributors? And, you know, maybe they're kind of eyeing how they did win the Super Bowl from a few years ago with that young core, right? With Richard Sherman, Earl Thomas, um, you know, Russell Wilson was on that contract, that quarterback con- or rookie contract. You had Marshawn Lynch. I have to imagine that's how they're kind of viewing this and, and kind of banking on that. You know, in the next couple of years, they can, they can kind of hopefully do the, do the same thing. You know, that's a risk and that's not a guarantee because they got to find that quarterback yet, right? Because that's not Geno Smith. It's not Drew Locke. I don't care what anybody says or how, how good Geno Smith is playing, but, you know, I think this is a, I think this is a big year in terms of, and I know this word gets thrown around a lot, legacy, but for like Russell Wilson's legacy, I think he's going to be in the Hall of Fame eventually, but I think the narrative will kind of turn or that, or history will look upon him a little bit different if he struggles in denver because in seattle it was all about let russ cook throw the ball seattle and pete carroll were all about just running the football and maybe they knew something and it could all be overreaction 100 percent could just be all overreaction we don't know but it's interesting times right now in denver i mean denver came in with all these expectations and rightfully so Cortland sutton jerry judy getting Russell Wilson to throw the ball to him. You got some playmakers on D. And it's just been nothing, right? Nothing. So it's interesting. And that AFC West, too, is just not living up to the hype so far. And I know, like, the Chargers are going through a lot of injuries. Kansas is still Kansas. Raiders got off to a really crappy start. And then, of course, what's going on with the Broncos right now. So AFC AFC West not really... Not really living up to it right now, is it? So, all right, let's check this camera out. I'm just gonna pause this really quickly here. All right, we're done checking cams. Now it's walking all the way from one end to the front. But I think to kind of wrap this up, you know, I consider this a second cord. I know, again, I've said this like 500 times and many of you are probably like, get it Dan it's annoying but you know it's not mathematically one quarter in, it's like a quarter and a half or after the first quarter of these games it's like a quarter quarter anyway whatever got it At this second half of this season or second or second quarter of the season you know some of the uh some of the storylines or things to watch is probably the best way to put it you know if if we're sticking with Green Bay I think the big thing is Seen consistency starting to develop with the passing offense getting Christian Watson and Robert Tunyon more involved because I think then that will help answer the question whether or not the Packers are going to make a play for like a guy like Odell Beckham Jr. or you know maybe try to find a wide receiver I know Sammy Watkins is going to be out for at least a couple more weeks but you know we'll, we'll kind of see how that plays out and then you know across across the rest of the NFL you know it's I guess staying within the division too it's like you look at Minnesota's schedule and I think there's a lot of winnable games in there for Minnesota and it's going to be a battle between Minnesota and Green Bay or that uh, NFC North division I really think so staying in the NFC if you look at the West and I mean is it possible that that thing could be up for grabs a little bit with you know the Rams two and two San Francisco getting the win who knows with the Cardinals I mean Seattle's in there too I mean so it, the way the the offense is playing for the Rams right now you, you kind of wonder maybe the 49ers can make a play for this thing but in terms of like contenders you know, there's there's question marks all across both the Rams and the 49ers, in my opinion, and the Cardinals. If you look at the NFC South, you know, Tampa Bay's got a couple losses on there. Saints had, I mean, you, you take a look at those two losses for Tampa Bay, it could have been an opportunity for the Saints to take advantage of that, and they didn't. But I still think it's Tampa's division, unless... You know, I know Brady's a little nicked up unless we're starting to see some signs and he can't go. But they got a lot of talent on that Tampa team. Their biggest question is, can they just stay healthy throughout the season? And when you look at a lot of those veterans, that might be a legit question considering they've had issues staying healthy, some of those guys. Um, Then what do we got? Uh, The NFC East. You know, Philly. 4-0 they're looking legit they look complete you know the quarterback jalen hurts i think uh, should be getting some mvp recognition right now they're just they're playing really well on all facets the the thing now is okay you got a target on your back people are recognizing the game your game they're recognizing that you're one of the at least right now in the first half one of the best teams in the league How do you respond to that how do you respond to the title of all right we got a contending team here because it always you know ups it up when another team goes up against you right so that'll be the thing to watch I think for Philly and you know if they play the Cowboys with Dak Prescott that's that's a huge game so we'll see how they kind of You know, they they got off to that hot start in the first half, Philly did, first quarter. How do they respond in the second quarter? Knowing that, you know what, not really going to catch people by surprise. And I don't know how much they really caught people by surprise because a lot of people picked them to win a division. But maybe the way they're playing and how well they're playing is kind of catching up to people, if you know what I mean. So AFC West, what to watch for in the second, second quarter. Um, Is anybody going to compete with the Chiefs? Is anybody going to challenge the Chiefs for that division? You know, can the Chargers get healthy? Can the Raiders start putting some wins together? Can the Broncos start to figure out things? Because right now, it just looks like it's, again, the Chiefs' division to lose. So, can anybody... Make a challenge to the Chiefs and make a little bit of a run here in the second quarter. Uh, AFC South sure looks like the Jaguars are the better team in that division. Colts, I just, I don't get it. I don't get it. Titans, I just don't know if they have enough talent. Texans are a pesky team. They're not going to win a division, but they're definitely a pesky team. But I think now, if I had to kind of redo it, I might pick the uh, Jaguars to to be the division winners. And I think that's a direct reflection on what Doug Peterson has brought to this team. AFC East, it's still Buffalo. Um, You know, Miami, the big question mark for Miami is gonna be, how does Tua respond when he does come back and healthy? I think everybody's gonna be paying attention to him. But I mean you can't deny how, how fast was we'll a start that they were on, especially on offense. And they've got players on defense too. So if Miami could pick up where they left off before Tua got hurt, yeah Miami's gonna be a, they're gonna be a player for the division, they're gonna be a player in the AFC. But it's such a wild card, I think right now about like how is how's is two gonna come back and, and now too you know this is a Miami team that's going under a lot of scrutiny with the concussion protocol their head coaches too how do they respond to that how do they rise to that can they over overcome that Patriots who the hell knows I guess still never discredit Bill Belichick Jets you know a couple wins can they start to put some things together with that younger team? Uh, AFC North, I, at the beginning of the season, I didn't have the Bengals making the postseason. I still feel that way. Kenny Pickett era is beginning in Pittsburgh. I think you're going to see more down the field throws. I think a guy like George Pickens is going to benefit from Kenny Pickett in the, in the lineup now. But I just can't see them competing for a playoff division. I still think it's the Ravens. Lamar Jackson leading the way. I think the Ravens are going to do it. I don't think the Browns are going to be in a position by the time Deshaun Watson comes back that they're going to be able to get into the postseason. And they can run the ball really well. But I just, I don't know if they'll be able to kind of tread water if you will, and when Deshaun Watson comes back, that they're gonna be able to go on a little bit of a run. And remember, Deshaun Watson didn't play at all last year too, so you gotta factor in a little bit of the uh, maybe rust factor into that whole thing. So, oh, and one more thing too, I would probably attach to to the Packers to watch in in the second half is, you know, we talked about the passing offense and consistency. I'd say the same for the defense especially when it comes to the run. Yeah, you know, they got to do a better job at, at stopping the run. We were all talking about the the defensive line and and the improvements they made and, and bringing in some depth there. We got to start to see that. And I think it could make the case, besides Justin Jefferson in Minnesota, we haven't seen this Packers offense or Packers uh, defense go up against some a premier passing game or a premier receiver. So we've got Jair, Rasul, Stokes. But have they necessarily been challenged yet besides the Minnesota Jefferson game? I don't think they have. So and you look at their second quarter, maybe Washington is the first one because you got Terry McLaurin and you got Dots if they're healthy, if they stay healthy, but then you, know, you look at the quarterback, it's Carson Wentz. Then it might just be Buffalo at that point. So, but, uh, all right, we're hitting up the the 10 acres portion here. So it's a straight, straight shot. I think we're going to end the pod here. So you guys, gals, whoever's listening, tell me if this was stupid. I know I'm out of breath in that probably, but I'm getting old. All right. Got a backpack on it now. Nah. Getting old. But uh, hopefully this wasn't too boring. Maybe we'll do some more stuff like this. If it sounded okay. And if it wasn't dumb. But eventually I'd like to... You know, maybe when I'm up here next weekend for a couple days... I can record from the from the cabin at night. Do a little on-remote recording for the podcast. If you can catch my drift. So, But uh, yeah... Thanks for coming along with me in this little walk walk through the woods, everybody. Until next time, talk to you later. That's going to do it for this episode of the Man Cave Podcast. Big thanks for tuning in to this episode of the Man Cave Podcast. And a reminder, never miss an episode of the Man Cave Podcast by subscribing to the Man Cave Podcast. We're already on your favorite podcasting platforms like iTunes, Spotify, Google, and Stitcher. And don't forget to give us a solid rating too. That way other people can find the Man Cave Podcast. Until next time, I'm Dan Casper, and we'll see you in the Man Cave.